This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. We are kissing 600 episodes on the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing podcast with over 14 million downloads in the seven years that we've been with you. There has always been a variety of topics, and today's show is no different. It's a hot button that is buzzing um, in many, many, many areas, and, and I think it needs to be resurfaced and re-looked at. And I'm, I'm tuned into it because I know one of my clients and my guest clients um, was hit with what's called sensitivity editing. And so what is sensitivity editing? And I think it's something to get into. We've had well-known books really be slammed by a squeaky voice that comes up, blah, blah, blah. You're hearing with the uh, uh, the uh, Dow books that have now been picked up and bought by Netflix that is now going and changing some of the language. The James Bond movies are being and Ian Fleming are being altered with it. We used to call it political correctness, I think. But there's yeah. the, the, the cancel culture with all that. And I will just tell you, as an author, as someone who absolutely believes that words matter and what I write is what I want, I don't want diddled around by someone else unless I agree to have it diddled around with. That's where we're going today. I want to welcome Barb Wilson, who has been a guest with us several times. She is also, I will disclaimer, one of my editors um, um, and for my several of my books and my latest, The Author's Walk, which we're not talking about today. That will be another show. Um, but I, I did want to come back and redress this because this actually this topic's a button pusher for me. So, Barb. Barb is the head honcho of editpartner.com. Um, she has edited so many books. And I've always said the purpose of an editor is to make you look better as a writer make your writing sparkle and shine and move it into another direction and redirect you if you need some fine tuning. And with that, Barb, welcome back to the show. Judith, it's always, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I am, uh, this is a particular hot button for me because it has affected several of my clients mm -hmm. uh, in various ways. And first, let's get into what exactly sensitivity editing is. And, Absolutely. And a couple terms used, sensitivity editing and sensitivity reading. They're somewhat synonymous. I think the difference is the pay rate. And you're more than likely to encounter this if you are dealing with a big five publisher. But uh, there are certain freelancers out there, and we'll get to that. 
Sensitivity editors are a specially trained book editor who works alongside the author or the publishing house who is publishing your book. And if you are self-publishing, a sensitivity editor is someone you would hire yourself as a freelance contractor. This individual that you hire will conduct a very specific read of the manuscript and offer suggestions on characters from marginalized groups or point out elements in your book, your plot, your story, which may cause offense. And they also seek bias when representing traditionally marginalized people, such as people who have physical or mental handicaps, uh, people who are um, of color, of a different race, perhaps indigenous peoples, uh, people from other countries, if you are writing in America, and a diversity editor. The little slight difference, as I said, part of it is, is the rate you're charging, but a diversity editor who would go beyond what the sensitivity or the diversity reader is, they actually include editing changes based around those suggestions. So they'll take the extra step and say, hey, this might be what you want to take a look at and rewrite in this way. So um, what, what can, you know, Barb, in this thing, before someone goes down the tracks, I think we do need to be tuned in to something um, if, if, it, if it's a bill ring or whatever. I mean, they do put disclaimers are, you see that on television, um, that what you may see may offend you. I mean, I see those all the time when they're going to show some murder scene or, you know, in the newsreel. Um, dramatic content. Yeah. yeah, dramatic content and, and that kind of thing. And as I said in our opening, I always feel that one of the jobs of the editor is to make me look better. <laughs> I mean, I, absolutely. You know, I'm gonna, I'm the starting point, but you're gonna help me find him. And oh. um, that, but I also truly believe that, it, it, and this is we need to. This is for both fiction and nonfiction. Everyone is that if you're going to be right, if your fantasy mind is going wild and crazy, that's wonderful. Um, but you better have some background that you can that you can support it if you're going to start putting factoids in and things like that. Um, and and I think as a nonfiction author, which has, I have been primarily in the, my 40 years of writing, and I'm now crossing over into the fiction arena, that um, I write by stuff I know about, or my characters are going to develop into things that I really do know about on that and and so if i have to if i'm transposing him to the you know uh, a thousand years ago well i'm just going to have a kick butt protagonist that's the way it's going to be <laughs> but, yeah, but absolutely okay so but i'm going to be moving into things that i have walked the talk always felt and and not just talk to walk but i have really experienced that so where's the fine line where do where do and and this is um you know you and i've talked about the uh, American Dirt book that got just oh, so slammed, so slammed, uh, oh. and it's really a uh, um, it's it's really written quite quite well, um, and it's a hard book. It's a hard book. It's a fiction book, everyone, but um, and it involves the the cartels and the, a gritty gritty journey of a woman who's just trying to survive and protect her child and get the hell out of Dodge. 
um, and what she has to go through. But she got really hit because she was not Mexican, and how could she write about this? That's right. That was the main complaint, Judith. Mm -hmm. uh, they said that uh, she was a white woman, and she was writing about a culture that was not hers. And yes, the word cultural appropriation did get tossed around a bit out there. But the main argument, the thrust of the argument and the complaints was if American Dirt had been sufficiently scrutinized by a reader of Mexican heritage of someone with the background of her character, some of the furor that rose up after she got her seven-figure contract would have been avoided because it would have been more authentic. Because and there was... Because the stamp of approval was on it. Although this woman, you know, where you say she's a white woman, she was uh, she was half Puerto Rican and half Irish. So, you know, she does have some of that, uh, you know, that flavor and in there. But it's a fantasy book. It was a fiction book. Which I think once we uh, we get into saying, you can't write this, you can't write that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, I'm going to take a page, I'm going to be very controversial here as a professional editor. Yeah. I'm going to take a page from Joyce Carol Oates and say, if you don't like it, don't read it. Well, uh, bravo for Joyce. <laughs> I, I am not going to uh, whitewash the world. And I am, I'm going to say, yes, people need to be represented accurately, but there is always going to be a fiction side to a component that authors have the right to create the characters they want. Now, if you are out there, you're an author and you're listening to this, first, congratulations, because you're, you're writing that book, you're putting button share hands on keyboard, let's go. Um, and you're looking at a character in your story that says, hey, I might need to have someone look at this to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Be aware. Sensitivity editing does not take the place of regular editing. Mm -hmm. You're going to need developmental editing. You're probably going to need line editing once the manuscript is finished, unless your developmental editor does both, and that's a bit rare to find. Um, if you hire a sensitivity editor for a particular character, research that person and see what their background is. Make sure they're qualified to look at what you're writing and have the right to critique it. You do not want to hire someone who has no experience in that particular genre, the character loop, the indigenous person, anything like that, a multicultural situation, and you want to have them look at your book about, uh, I'm just blue sky in here, lesbian Eskimos, because they can't speak about it any more authentically than you can. You find the person who is best equipped and best qualified to help you. And while you're at it, make sure they have editorial training so they understand things like character development and plot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they have to have excellent communication skills. That is absolutely bottom line. It. All right. So with that said, I want, I want you to hold that thought. And we're going to continue. We're going to take our first break. 
um, um, as we go into this. What this is, Barb Wilson. We're talking about sensitivity editing, sensitivity writing. Um, has it gone too far? Do we need to hold it back? Where should we go? We'll be right back. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. AuthorU is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Barb Wilson, and we're talking about sensitivity writing, sensitivity editing. When do you embark on it? When do you say, back off, let my imagination run with it? Um, and I, I, I guess the, the phrase, Barb, sensitivity editing, is what, what's really new about this, because, because this stuff has been around for a while, has it not? Yes, this, um, people think, you know, the, the woke and the cultural issues are all new. It's actually not. Um, as happens quite often with writing, uh, these these rolling movements sort of get their roots in the young adult, which is mm -hmm. a, a very carefully watched area of literary publishing. Oh, oh yeah. And, you know, just think of what Judy Bloom did with some of her books <laughs> early on. <laughs> that was actually the one I was going to bring up. It's okay. her book published in 75, Forever. Mm -hmm. That talked about premarital sex. Oh my and my gosh. gosh, you know, if you want to start throwing gas on a fire, let's talk about a vulnerable young person being harmed by a naughty book. Ooh, 
you know, that, that started seeds. And then in 2014, the same year Michael Brown's death came in Ferguson, Missouri, that was the birth of Black Lives Matter. And uh, the publisher, Lee and Lowe, actually revealed during that time that 10% of the books published for young readers included multicultural percent. That meant 90% did not. So you want to talk about Black Lives Matter being outraged. They're like, wait, what are we? We're marginalized. So, oh, my goodness, that that started a wave. And and every other book deal that came that year seemed to uh, bring on a multiracial cast of characters. Uh, You know, it was. And and let me just I'm going to re and support this, that those of you who fantasize in your dream that you're going to be published by New York. The odds are extraordinarily remote. When we're talking about what's published and stuff and, and what people are talking about, what the buzz comes is often from what's New York are. And they really are not representative of what's going on in the literary world now, where you've got more books published by independent publishers now. We're making a huge mark. And if you really feel that you don't have to go down this lane, that you've got this great book, this great concept, this great idea, the odds are New York picking him up isn't, not, you know, maybe is not going to happen. Then learn the business of publishing and get it out there and learn how to market your tush off to get it out there. You will sell far more books, develop a, a super, super fans that will follow you and you won't even have to worry about any of this stuff. I, I just have to put that two bits in for the independent small press author publishers and and at the time this was happening we were in the beginning of the great wave of self-publishing and and forming your own publishing company so you don't have to wait on that phone to ring from new york Mm -hmm. you're going to do your own dream fulfilling judith Mm -hmm. has her own publishing company i have my own publishing company because i'm also a published author and I'm not waiting on anybody. I'm in control of my own work. And I, I can't advocate that enough for the person whose core dream is to write. But at the time this was all happening, the authors were largely a bunch of white people, as yes. were the editors, the marketing people, yep. the designers, the publicists. Yep. All of them. So this, yes, exactly. And it's very difficult for those big publishing houses to um, suddenly come up with people who are skilled and qualified to do sensitivity editing because they look around on their staff and all they see looking back at them is there's no indigenous Eskimo lesbians. There's, there's not anybody there that they can tap. So they went outside and they found freelancers, mm-hmm. but there's, there's always a few hiccups when things get going. And uh, it's then you get into the people doing it and they aren't really qualified to do it. So they do things like pick at grammar. Well, if you get somebody who picks at your grammar first, you better go have a word with your other editors um, because that's really not what sensitivity editors are supposed to do. Um, And secondly, Uh, It should be the thrust of your story or a situation in your plot or a character that is doing something that is the antithesis of what they're supposed to be doing, or perhaps that is realistic for them. If you have 
someone who is acting in a way other than, you might want to think about looking at sensitivity editing. Um, and this is, you know, looking at understanding why publishing would go all in on a practice that could interfere with creative autonomy from an author. You need to know that sensitivity editors are not going to cost you two arms and a leg. They're, they're very inexpensive, relatively speaking. Developmental editors are, are much more expensive. And line editors are also going to cost, as are proofreaders, but sensitivity editing is actually quite inexpensive. So would that be, Barb, because maybe the sensitivity and would I dare say this, are they, would they be more skimming a manuscript because there's Correct. some parts that would be irrelevant to? They may read it through once and they may have some comments. They're not going to dive into the story and live it. And, uh, you know, Judith, we've worked on your books and you know that we we get so involved and mm -hmm. with some of my own fiction uh, clients, I'm living that book in my head. I'm thinking about it at other times of the day other than when I'm working on it. This is a cursory look at a book or at a particular character or situation. Mm -hmm. So this they're is, they're not, a, you know, butt to butt with the, the author, like sometimes literally when I'm working, I do the, de the developmental side. When I'm working with them, we are spending hours together interacting. So is this, and, and when, we're, when I'm making changes, I will say, does this sound like you? And, and I'm writing this the right way for you. Does this feel like you? And I, I want to make sure that the author is absolutely in sync with any changes I'm making. Yeah, and it's not going to be at that level. It's going to be very cursory, very situational focused, um, perhaps even just focusing on scenes containing the one character. Say you have a, um, mm. oh goodness, I'm trying to go outrageous here, so bear with me. Oh, let's and I'm do not that. doing it to offend. No, um, I like you it. have a priest that sells drugs. I, that's, I just made that up. Um, that's oh, oh, and, oh, I think there are. <laughs> <laughs> that's and a very, a situation that would not happen. Priests are, are you know, thought of in a different light and they're not thought of as drug dealers. But if you have a book that has that in there, I would definitely think about having that vetted. I would find someone with a religious focus in their writing and make sure you have the details correct. Um, we're looking, that made me think of Dan Brown's books and I'm sure working with a, a big five, he has had some of his material vetted by sensitivity people because he writes about church procedures and rites and practices and it's very heavily involved in church lore. I am sure he has someone there who researches for him and makes sure his what he writes is on point. Mm -hmm. and well, certainly in the church arena, um, I remember I was just mesmerized um, by the movie Spotlight which was on all the the exposure of the pedophiles in in the in the Catholic community with oh the priests that, that came out yes, of, I, that came out of uh, Boston actually that that, that was yes. the domino. Um, Father, what's his name? I can't remember it. Yeah, but but I also remember. I mean, I I love those kind of movies because at the very end of them, they often will come up with the the factoids of it how many were really involved how how it, how invasive it was it was stunning the research 
that went in. So, and, yeah, and that's yeah. and so that's when you're talking when you're going on a dicey topic that is bound to be controversial, bound to be controversial. You better have your ducks lined up and know what's going on. And and truly, Judith, um, you've touched on something that's leading into the newest backlash. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Um, as things happen, you know how things roll on down the road. Uh, there are people who are utilizing the name of a particular sensitivity editor or a company that does sensitivity editing, and they're thanking them in their acknowledgments, even if they haven't listened or adopted all that advice. They're making it seem as if their book was vetted. Huh. Oh, yes. Uh, that's <laughs> like the whole thing. Um, and uh, it's starting to happen, and there are people, uh, because of the nature of sensitivity editing, if you, you were dealing with someone who's, uh, say, autism, they're, they're half yep. character with autism, and it's not portrayed correctly, but they thank a sensitivity editor in their acknowledgments, or they list them on their um, title page. Uh, as you so often do, Judith, you give your editors and your developers. Um, uh, on the copyright page. Yeah, yeah, I do it on my copyright, copyright page. page. Yeah. Uh, but it makes it seem that there has been a um, a provenance of acceptance where there has not. And so there has been backlash about that. Hmm. Um, and yes. Uh, and it's, hmm. uh, you, you want to present a character that is a bit outside your venue and you don't want to get it wrong. Sensitivity editors are all about that. But if you hire one that is qualified to help you be prepared to take their advice. If they're saying you're getting it wrong, odds are you're probably getting it wrong. Well, but, but the other side is if it so violates whatever you're doing, you have to really come back and do an assessment on what you're writing, I think. Yeah, uh, and, and it's a balance. It's a balance. Yeah, and uh, the the publishers found that freelance people were available to do this, and for a few hundred bucks, they could get their their stuff vetted. But that's wow. why. Oh yeah, it's it's very inexpensive. It's less than a proofreader. It's it's like thousands of a cent per word. And um, we do at the end of the broadcast, we do wow. have a couple who's um, are out there. Anybody can Google sensitivity editing or sensitivity reading. And uh, you can find several organizations that will actually help you that are for hire and available. And that oh, was just a quick search. Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes when it's too quick, or that's when you have to really get in. I, I think for all of you who are doing this kind of search, you need to look at some of the books they've been involved in. I mean, you need to do your own homework. And your own search to see and, and see what your own personal takes is. That's just my thought. All right, we're going to take our next break. With this is Barb Wilson, um, wow. and her company is Edit Partner. Um, and then I just reached out to Barb saying, I, I want to talk about this. I want to wow. get into this. So will you join me? And with that, we'll be right back for more. Wow.
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so we're talking, really, we're talking about a topic that is sensitive. (laughs) And that... Um, it is it is it it is kind of a buzz uh, a buzz phrase buzzword sensitivity editing um, that's floating around and um, I, I guess what I, I do want to get more in a little bit more into how do you scout them out Barb I do want to get into maybe some general tips on how do you find the right editor for you I think that's always a good idea um, since okay. this is editing. Um, as yes, we go yes. in, and how do we know if maybe you're on the wrong track? Um, I mean, I've had to, um, well, I came to you with a book. I'm just going to say this. I came to Barb with a book recently that that the editor, who I'd worked with many times, didn't get my voice. And isn't that what I said to you, Barb? Yes, said she's not getting this. And at the same time, I am also a professional editor, you know, disclaimer there. Mm -hmm. I read this book in pieces because you were kind enough to share your progress as you made it. Mm -hmm. And I was completely blown away. Even after all these years of working with you, I said, this book is so different. It is so, the energy is different. It's punchy. It's lively. It's, it's a reach out and grab your heart and squeeze it and go. This is beyond call to action. It's strong. It's intense. And it is for the person who has not written the book, but there's a book in them. Or, or the person who just needs to be rejuiced again. Um, yes. They're tired. You know, they've been doing this. They're tired. They need to get, they need to get reinforced. Why am I writing? Um, and by the way, the, the book title is called The Author's Walk, Everyone. And it, it and I went to to my other editor and I said, this is a different book for me. It's not my typical, how do you avoid all the mistakes in publishing? How do you create that speech that will knock off and sell your books by the truckload? It's not that kind of book. It's a, it's a different book. This is from my heart. 
sitting down with someone to encourage them to take the step and go. And she didn't get it. No, it's like um, she was trying to fit you in the box that was familiar. And this is not a familiar you. This is like Judith on 27 Red Bulls. (laughs) There is so much energy that book crackles. It punches, it shoves. It is an amazing I mean, didn't I tell you that when you called mm-hmm. me and you said, what do you think when you sent me the last chapter? I'm like, I'm blown away. I've never mm-hmm. read anything like this. And yeah, it's, it's I, yeah. but Judith, Judith trusted me because we knew each other. we worked together and she was asking me first as a friend, because she trusted me enough to share raw material that had not been edited. And secondly, I had edited her material. I knew her voice. And this was a different book. And she said, please tell me what you think. Be honest. And I was because I, and it wasn't a a flash chapter. It wasn't a flash page. It was a flash book. It was just so much burst of energy. And she trusted me because of our history. But if you're hiring an editor, you listening out there with a book in you, do your homework. Yes, there are some unscrupulous people out there. There are there are bad experiences everywhere. Um, I would put your research hat on. Uh, Judith is careful to include people on her staff who are competent, qualified, and keep their word. They're professional people. If they say they will have something done, they will have something done. If they say it will cost this much, it will cost this much. Um, the last thing you want to do, and Judith has written extensively about this, is get involved with a scam a publishing scam, a vanity press, someone who is um, less than truthful, less than scrupulous, and they're in it for the check you're going to send them. And no, that's or, it. or how long your credit card will run. They are, oh, you know, that's what I call the publishing predators. And I will just say before we just jump back in and, and, and do some check over is that when I got back, the first from from the original editor, um, I actually cried. I said, "Oh my God, I've made just such a mess of this or this or or I realized she didn't get this. She just didn't get what I was doing um, in there. And then I thought, well, maybe this is my fault because I didn't prep her. Like I told Barb, this is a different book. This is a this is a different style of book for me." Um, and so I, I think for all of you, when you develop your relationships with people who, who really are essential elements of your team, is that you need to maybe give them a good background, not your life story, but a background of, of the who the book's for. We, Barb, we always go down this path. Who is the yep. book for? And I think it's also really important to understand, all of you, what is the intentionality of your book? What is your yes. intentionality of it? Um, Beautifully said. Beautifully yeah. said. And, and, and you and, would put, don't just hire an editor off the internet. Don't just go out and go searching. Oh, don't do that. Check the person out. Judith has written some great books about the predators, the publishing predators, and I would suggest you read them before you go hire someone and look for an editor that specializes in the type of book that you are writing, for instance, I specialize in fiction and in particular romance. I do, I'm very heavy. Most of my clients are from that genre. 
and 90% of my clients are repeat clients. I have a relationship with these people and they, they know me, they know my work, they're comfortable with me and we continue forward. I've worked for Judith for eight years now, I think. I'm part mm -hmm. of your, your, well, your I, you know, I, I do also want to say that you really have an extension into the fantasy world. Uh, and maybe, oh, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe we just hook romance into that too, because that is a fantasy. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. don't we all wish we had, you know, Rodrigo, the amazing Latin lover. And yeah, that's no, we don't. Cause Rick would be really sad. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, when my husband, I have to just say they're, they're amazing. When, when my husband had heart surgery, his cardiologist, his name was Diego Bellardi. I said, oh my God, if I was a romance writer, he would be in that book. I loved that name, Diego Bellardi. And, and, yes. you know, and when we met him, it was where we all were wearing masks. He had the most amazing eyes. Oh my God. Oh, all right, so it's, it's always the eyes. Anyway, I, um, I, I, but, I digress. All right, back to what we're but, Oh, but we do that all the time. That's what happens when you, you know, you're, known someone and you've interacted with them you have the the, the vibes going back and forth I if you're going to hire an editor out there look at their their web pages ask for references and if you're still not sure well check the references once you have them that's the second part of that ask for a sample edit because their style may not be compatible to yours mm -hmm. um, I I found while researching this this topic of sensitivity editing is there are some people who had their book sensitivity edited and it came back with word substitution suggestions, which I would not think is exactly a sensitivity topic. So is the person, it goes back to what I said earlier, is the person qualified to help you in the area you're looking for help? Uh, you substitute words for terms. You substitute, uh, if it, it reads more like a grammar correction, you might not have the right editor because they should be able to communicate with you on a very high level about your book. I'm drawing from my own background as a developmental editor with a lot of years of experience. I can say decades now. And, uh, if I look at a book, I can generally read a book through the first time and understand what's happening and why the pacing's off, what's understanding. There's not sufficient background uh, for me to get into the book. And I have to go back and communicate that clearly in an understandable way with the author. Now, that doesn't mean that I just say, hey, it's a sucky book. Hey, it's a bad book. Hey, you didn't do this. No, my job as an editor is to help their work be better. Judith said that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. This is going back and saying, okay, this scene in particular doesn't work as an opening. Let's talk about how to write a good opening. We need the reader to be so intrigued they keep going. Or we have a saggy middle here. Let's talk about this middle. We need to tighten that. What if you did this and this and this and this? That's going to be better than what it is. There's, is there a reason you have this pacing slowing down so much? Are you, do you want it to be dramatically better? Do you want an explosion in there that's not there? That kind of conversation needs to be had. And I, 
generally do exhaustive comments. And your sensitivity editor should be communicating clearly and directly about why something doesn't work or why something does. If they can't do that to you and their edits are simply, well, you shouldn't use the word retarded. You should say mentally challenged. Uh, you need to go back to them and say, no, this is not what I expected. This is not what you said you would do. And yes, the, the major publishing houses are using freelance because they don't have anyone on staff to do it. And of course, they're, they're cost conscious. So it's cheaper to maintain a freelance table than it is to have someone on staff that does this. But they may not, because of the nature of the beast, they're so large that they may not be reviewing carefully what they get back from this person. So they may not know about the, uh, the suggestions that are getting made. And I actually have um, a piece I read from a Publishers Weekly story that came out about three weeks ago, no, about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it was an agent that had a big five uh, contract for his client about his time as a Marine sniper during the Vietnam War when he was 17. And the original manuscript uh, told his story in the context of the time and the place. So think Vietnam in the 70s, very emotional, very, things aren't going quite like we thought they would. And there is florid verbatim language and descriptions that wouldn't be appropriate in other settings. But the author and his co-author, he worked with someone to help him be more articulate in his writing because mm -hmm. he was a Marine sniper, not an author. Mm -hmm. His focus and priority were historical authenticity and truthfulness. So when this manuscript was given to the publisher, it passed all their editorial and legal protocols with relatively few revisions. No additional hurdles were expected. And the editor's good news email included a statement back to the agent and the author that, oh, we, we need to run this by a sensitivity person. Okay, so I need to have you, Barb, I want you to hold on that, because I, okay. I know where you're going. But I want you to hold on that. We're going to take our final break and we'll come back with the rest of the story. This is Judith Riles. It's author you, your guide to the publishing. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy 
Build your brand and platform and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author. Your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. So I I left it with, and when we come back, you'll get the rest of the story from Barb Wilson. Okay, so okay, Barb, Paul back to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, right now, just to to recap, we have a an agent who's representing a client who was a 17 year old Marine sniper during the time of the Vietnam War, and he submitted his book to a big five publisher, was accepted. Book is under contract. He's working with in-house editors and legal to work and get his book out, get it published. So far, um, the, the language and the descriptions of the scenes that are in this book, some of which I'm sure were horrific because those things really happened. Um, and they wouldn't be appropriate in other books, but this is authentic history. And his history, authenticity, and truthfulness were what he prioritized when he wrote this book with the help of his co-author. So this is his so, memoir. This is his memoir, right? Yes, yes. It's yes. his his. This happened to me. I was there. Book. Okay. Oh, all right. So the the publisher ran the book through editorial process and legal. Uh, relatively few revisions, just some things here and there. No major rewrites. Um, and then the editor's good news email to the client and his agent said, you know, we're still going to put this into a sensitivity read. Because remember, this is a big five publisher, so they've got a freelance staff of sensitivity readers. And uh, they didn't really know what that was. The author clearly didn't, and the agent was unfamiliar with the term. So he didn't give it a second thought. Um he goes on to say that his assumptions were quite wrong. And he calls sensitivity reads, and I'm quoting now, 
a recent and potentially powerful layer of scrutiny. And they, that's pretty much what they are because his poor client under the threat of having his book deal terminated completely with the publisher, the client was forced to meaningfully modify his manuscript to accommodate a five-page document full of subjective complaints about how the Vietnam War was fought by the author and his co-combatants. The unfiltered descriptions of his horrific experiences and the unsavory language used by the mostly very young men who were there on behalf of their country. He was forced to change his history. The sensitivity review that he received was written by one person. The person was hired by the publisher and the author and the agent were given no information about their qualifications or who might have reviewed their review in-house at the publisher and no appeals or rebuttals were allowed. Wow. His author his author reluctantly complied in full and had no choice <clears throat> to change his book. I'm so sorry he did. I'm so sorry his agent didn't have the guts to say we are taking the book someplace else. I am so sorry um, with that. You know, I went through, God, you're, you're now, I'm flashing back to 1987 when I had all my rejections on woman to woman. And it passed all the deal, the deal, deal until it got down to, and this is a book about why women do and why women undermine other women. It was the pioneering book on the topic. There have been many others since then. Um, but it was rejected by, uh, by then it was, I think, the big seven, <laughs> big ten. Rejected by all of them because they, uh, and they were all women, the white women, all that. And, and I remember the head honcho at Warner Book who really wanted the book. Um, said there is like a cloud around here because you have held a mirror up on all of us. I'll never forget her saying that to me. Um, and and it got rejected um, because of that kind of stuff. I ended up going with the third tier and I wrote about it in the author's work, a walk, going with the third tier because uh, publisher because I knew it had to get out and I didn't know how to do it myself. I knew nothing about that because I was a New York snob. I thought you only were represented. I mean, my guy, God, William Morris was my agent um, by then. And we went with a deal to get it out. And that book got humongous publicity. It was humongously successful because they were all chicken shit. And I'm just going to say it. To, hey, uh, to cross I worked in corporate for a long time. I get it. Yeah. And and I think that what's happening, you know, where here this guy was violated with his experience um, and that um, by some some person who if, if the sensitivity reading had been done by someone who had been in Vietnam um, and had that experience and knew what really was going on, um, that I might have paid attention to, but probably not. Well, oh, I'm so agent, sorry. The agent goes on to say, following the publisher's logic on this was wrong. It would be equal to transforming the My Lai Massacre into a misunderstanding with unpleasant consequences that no one should discuss because it's too upsetting. Exactly. Exactly. I, 
and especially uh, you mentioned it was his memoir, and it was. Why would he not tell the truth? This is exactly what happened. Now, I have problems if someone takes their memoir and, you know, expands it, distorts it or embellishes it. Oh, you mean like like George Santos might? Okay, yeah, that's, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a different area, but this is, and you know um, uh, that uh, Vietnam was a very ugly thing, and I, I remember sitting down with one of my authors when I was working on a book on opioids, and 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 Ron just casually said, "Oh yeah, over in Vietnam, he was Vietnam and Cambodia." And he was on a stealth side. And he, and he started talking about what they did instantly when they got there, what the government did to drug them up to keep them in place. A whole nother. And I, I said, are you willing to talk about this? And I ended up spending two hours with him and included him and what he said in the book. Well, and, and I imagine, you know, I've... I'm of a generation when um, some of my relationships were with people that were Vietnam veterans, and I don't know one person who came back whole. No. That wasn't touched by the carnage and the drug use and just destroyed in some cases because they were never quite themselves. So why would you take something like that and distort it? Oh, no, we can't put that in there because it's, you know, it's the truth. So we can't say it. And there, I, hope, there are... I, hope, I hope someday that that young man goes back and republishes the real story. I, I truly do. I And I hope so, too. This this is a very recent um, uh, column from Publishers Weekly. So I, uh, it just happened. And I'm hoping that this uh, person has has enough feedback that he's saying, you know, the general consensus is what they made you do was wrong. Okay. And, you know, that touches oh. on our next topic, which is advocates of sensitivity editing versus opponents. Now, we've talked about the advocates a little bit. They're the people that insist this editing is necessary to address marginalization issues and represent them accurately to the unknowing. So this this representation accurately will show the readers what is the truth. And in theory, it raises the writing quality. Now the opponents, um, and we just touched on one because I'm pretty sure this agent is an opponent. um, He said the sensitivity writing runs the risk of stereotyping or policing expression of thought and particularly in fiction. And to me, it can be in the case of this young man in his book, censorship. Well, I, I, yeah, I think, and you know, I hate to say this, we're we're like two minutes away from wrapping up here, but I think this is a type of censorship. I, I think you hit yes, on the yes. right word. I mean, and so we've got a pendulum where it's really gone way over, as in so many things seem to happen today. These the extremism comes in, and my concern it will thwart the creativity of people, and I and I and for authors. And writers, I, I never want to have a sledgehammer come down on their creativity because you never know what fabulous gems are going to come out. So it's it's there. You know, I, I think that I, it has to be cautious. So any of you who could be caught up in this need to 
uh, be ready to duke it out <laughs> if it's necessary to protect your words and your work because your words yeah. matter. That's my whole thing. Your words do matter. Barb, you mentioned that they're really fairly inexpensive. Is there um, is there any resources people should know about? Sure. I started my research by just Googling sensitivity readers or sensitivity mm -hmm. editing, and I came up with a couple, uh, saltandsagebooks.com mm -hmm. and writingdiversely.com. Mm -hmm. And I found a Tumblr account, uh, sensitivityreaders.tumblr.com. Now, be aware, if it's a Tumblr account, it may not be U.S.-based. Um, so be aware then if you're looking for someone who is multicultural, you may find a, a very strong presence on that site. I'm sure there are some other sites. These are just a really quick. There's a lot. Yeah. And oh, also, absolutely. yeah. And Tumblr is also has a very heavy YA influence. Which um, is where all this started. If we go back to the beginning, which is where all the started. YA kids. Yeah, exactly. But you know, um, actual sensitivity uh, readers can make mistakes too. Yes. Um, there, oh yeah, there was a sensitivity editor named um, Kosovo Johnson and he actually had to rip back his book. He had actually got a book, put it out and keep in mind, this person is an author but a sensitivity reader and he actually had to pull his book back. It was set um, in the Kosovo War, and it was a story about two gay Americans. Okay, so Barb, we're at the end of the show. We're going to have oh. to do another show on this, all right? I, I swear, we've got okay. enough material, my goodness. We'll come back. All right, everyone, we'll be with you next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith